This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning. It's great to see everybody this morning. Welcome to church. It's been a great time of worship, hasn't it? Okay, it's been a great time of worship, hasn't it? Yeah, there you go. Awesome. I brought some stuff. How fun is that, right? Those of you who are tool time guys will recognize that as a battery charger, all right? We'll have some uh, fun together learning from God's Word. You know, as I was reflecting on this service, one of the things that God brought to my mind was just the fact that we are a very, very blessed church. You know, stories all week long of of I know a number of people who made the decision to follow Christ this last week through the church here. That's an awesome thing, don't you think? Yeah, that's a great, great thing. I know a number of other people who experienced yeah, just great life-changing perspectives. A couple of weeks ago, we were blessed to get to host Good Friday services here, two of them, um, on on Friday evening before Easter in Somewhere just over a thousand people were, were here and we got, we got to host them and, and sing of the great sacrifice of Christ. And a couple of Sundays ago, Easter here and almost 700 people were assembled in the church and just blessing God. We are a blessed church. And um, we have another blessing that I want to share with you. And that is on May the 6th, and you can write that down I'll tell you what, you got one of these on the way in. On the inside of it, you're going to find something that looks like this. Up at the top, it says teaching notes. Why don't you take that out right now and up on the top of it. Somewhere in a blank space, I want you to write this date. It's May the 6th, okay? That's a Thursday. That's the National Day of Prayer. And we get to do a really great thing. We get to host this church, the annual Mayor's Prayer Breakfast which means the mayor's going to be here. It means that uh, I think virtually every single one of the city council members are going to be here. Uh, Many of the department heads of the city are going to be here. The executive directors of virtually every major nonprofit organization in our city are going to be here. Uh, The president of Boys and Girls Clubs, um, Petaluma People Services, um, uh, the Soup Kitchen, Cots, Mary Isaac Center, I mean, the whole gang, they're, they're all going to be here. Many of the principals of the schools in our town are going to be here. These are people who work behind the scenes. Whether you agree with them or not, they work behind the scenes to try to make our city a better place. And they are coming together so that we get a chance to bless them. Don't you think that's a great thing for Christians to do, to bless other people? So we get a chance to bless the people of our city. And that means in this room, we're setting up uh, pretty much a breakfast buffet. We're going to have places for 260 people, all seated formally. It's going to be beautiful and spectacular. So here's what we get to do as a church, okay? Number one, we have only 48 places at those tables that are assigned to this church. So uh, we're going to ask you to invest $5 a piece for a catered breakfast That's probably better than you can get anywhere else, correct? A $5 catered breakfast. It's from 7 to 8 o'clock in the morning. You'll see a beautiful table setting out in the lobby. 
Uh, we're gonna, it's going to look very much like that in here, only 26 tables with 10 people around each table. And so I, I want to invite you to come and be part of that. And uh, so if you, if you want to come and, and you can work that into your schedule, I want you to rush out afterwards and sign up and uh, come and support and be a blessing to the people of our city. We're also going to need some people the Wednesday night before that, that would be May the 5th, to come and help set that all up. Uh, so we're going to need 10 to 15 volunteers. We've got banners to hang on the stage and decorations to put out in the lobby and all that kind of stuff. So if you could do that, that would be great. We'll meet in the evening time uh, to do that. And then the other thing we need is maybe a half a dozen people who who will say, you know, I'll come and I can serve coffee and make sure everybody's coffee cups stay full during that hour. So there are places to sign up for all that out at that round table with the tablecloth and table settings. So, not right now. We're done. You can run out and do that, all right? Now, take your notes, uh, because I want to talk to you about a very, very interesting subject. And I, and I want you to know that this particular subject can fly right by you, and you can miss it in a heartbeat, because it's possible to hear it here, and it, and it never sink down to right here. Very, very possible. So I want you to pay extra special attention this morning. Before I can get into the teaching of Jesus, I need to teach you something about yourself. So at the top of your, of your um, teaching notes, you're going to find a chart. And the chart's pretty simple. It looks like this. And what you need to know is that every human being, including yourself, has two sort of natures about you. I have two about me, okay? And um, the first one over here is shallow, okay? It's just very shallow. It's not concerned with anything too deep, doesn't struggle with any too deep thoughts. In fact, it's very interested in today. It gives little or no thought to tomorrow. It's all about today. In fact, it would mortgage tomorrow if, if it would mean today was better. And uh, it's the whole live for today philosophy. It's very much concerned with pleasure. Far more concerned with pleasure than it is real happiness or joy. And, and so what it really wants is gratification. In the Bible, this is called our flesh. So anytime you pick up the Bible and it talks about sowing to the flesh, it's talking about this part of us. And I suppose it's kind of um, um, ironic that it's called flesh or skin because that's really what it is. It's all that surface stuff. Now, over here, we all have a, a deeper side of us. And that's where we think about really profound things and deep things and things that possibly could be life-changing. And this, this part of us is interested actually in our whole life. It views today in the context of tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And in fact, it even views today in the context of eternity, which is part of our life. In fact, it's the biggest part of our life. And this part of us is not nearly as much concerned with pleasure as it is with purpose. It says, I want to do something with my life that makes a difference 
Why? Because it's not nearly so much interested in gratification as it is significance. In the Bible, this is called our spirit, our soul, or our heart. It's all of the above. Now, what's really important, let me teach you two principles out of this, and then I'll, then I'll give you an illustration, okay? What's really important for you to know is that every single person in this room is ruled by either this side or this side. One of these two is dominant in your life, and I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to be really, really, really honest with yourself and say, which side of that ledger do I spend most of my time on? Do I spend most of my time thinking about deep and profound thoughts, or am I shallow how kind of guy? Do I spend my life viewing today in the context of eternity, or do I go through day after day after day where I give little thought to, to eternity in my whole life? Am I really concerned with pleasure? You could probably figure that out by looking at your charge accounts. Okay? Because I'm not just talking about getting drunk or, or getting high or, 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 or living immorally. I'm not talking about all this stuff. I'm talking about pleasure, the things that you and I do purely for gratification. Or, or am I consumed by purpose in my life? And am I really looking for more gratification? Or am I really investing in significance? Because the truth is, all of us tend to live predominantly, not exclusively, but predominantly on one side or the other. Okay? Very, very important point. Second thing I want to I wanna ask you, I want you to flip, I want you to look up at the top of your teaching notes, and it says, forever young, and underneath forever young, it says, enjoying our forever rewards. And then I want you to read the statement right beneath that. What does it say? The life that God rewards. My question for you is, which side of this ledger do you think is going to be the life or the lifestyle that God rewards? What do you think? This side? How many of you think this side? How about this side? Yeah. This is the life that God rewards. And that's the part that I want us to tune into today. Now, this is a very typical battery charger. You can buy them almost any place that sells car batteries. You can charge everything from a little motorcycle battery to a big car battery. It's a 12-volt charger. It's got two settings on it. It has a 2-amp setting and a 6-amp setting. And the 2-amp setting, if you charge your battery at 2 amps, it'll take you somewhere between a half a dozen and a dozen hours, or if you have a really big battery, it can take up to 24 hours to charge your battery. If you put it on the 6-amp setting, then it will charge your battery in only a couple of hours. Right? So why would anyone use a 2-amp setting? Well, there's more to the story than that, and here's what you need to know. If you put it on the 6-amp setting and, and you run it for two hours and you hook up your battery to a voltmeter, it'll test out at 12 volts. But it has only what is called a surface charge, which means, yes, it reads at 12 volts, but whatever you're doing, you better do in a hurry because it's not going to last very long because it only has a charge on the very surface. On the other hand, if you put it, uh, if you put it did I say 2 or 6? Six, right. If you put it to the two amp setting, it's going to charge a lot slower. It may take a half a dozen hours, may take a dozen, may even take 24 hours. 
But when it's done, it has what is called a deep charge, and the battery is fully charged all the way to its core. And because it's charged all the way to its core, the charge will last many, many, many times longer. Now, here's what I want you to see. This is the 6-amp setting in life. It's far more exciting immediately, right? But how deep does it charge? Only the surface. How long does it last? Do you understand? This is why every addiction in the world starts on this side and stays on this side. Why? Because you have to keep going back and get charged up because it never lasts. And you have to get a bigger charge each time because it doesn't last. And pretty soon you become enslaved because of everything on this side, because you keep thinking, if I could just get a bigger charge, maybe it would last longer, friends. It doesn't last longer, because what's the first word? It's shallow. Okay? This is the life that God blesses, because it will charge you all the way to your core. And that's the life I want to talk to you about today. But I want you to understand something. If you choose to live on this side and God gives you the opportunity to live on this side, it can be exciting for a while and more than likely will be exciting for a while. But everything that I'm going to talk to you about for the rest of the morning, you will automatically forfeit. Now please understand, I did not say God would take it from you, did I? I would say what? I said what? You would forfeit. You're going to voluntarily give it away because it's not available over here. It's only available over here. So now let's go and let's read the teachings of Jesus. And there are multitudes of them. I just selected three. Okay? So let's take a look at these three teachings of Jesus. Jesus said, I assure you. By the way, when Jesus says, I assure you, that means what? You can take it to the bank, correct? I assure you that when the world is made new, that's what I talked to you about last week, and the Son of Man sits upon His glorious throne, that's what we just sang about in worship when we sang glorious. Everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake, here's what you want to underline, will receive What's the next few words? A hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. Who's going to make sure that happens? Well, it's inferred that Jesus will. goes on, but many who are the greatest now, that's the people who live over here and are the most recognizable over here, many who are considered great now will be what? The least important then because they will have given it all away, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. Let's read passage number two. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors. Don't you love Jesus? He just sort of hits you right where it hurts, right? Yeah, there it is. Now, what does he say? For they will invite you back. And now, underline this. And that will be your only reward. That's all you get. Does that sound like a hundred times as much? That sounds like one for one, doesn't it? He goes on to say, Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then, at the resurrection of the righteous, here's what you underline, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. 
Now, friends, if you have a choice between your brother, your sister, your friend, or even your rich neighbor rewarding you by inviting you to dinner or having God personally reward you, which might be the better choice? That's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah. Let's read passage number 3. If you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, what does it say? You will surely be rewarded. I want to talk to you this morning about the concept of living a life that God rewards. Because if you do, uh, Kevin talked earlier about living a full life or living a life that wasn't missing its, what was that, accessory wire or whatever that thing was for his iPod and his car. Yeah. Living a life that has all the components in it. I want to talk to you about that life. Because it's my deep desire that everyone here this morning would choose to live that life and recognize only God can give you that life. I want to talk to you about living a life that God rewards. Not earning your own rewards. Not trying to create your own rewards but actually living a life that God rewards. Now, out of those passages we read, the teachings of Jesus, there are three principles, well, four principles I want to point you to, and there's multitudes in there, but I'm just going to single out four that are, that are very important for all of us to know and understand. And here's principle number one. Did you get all the blanks filled in a while ago? Let's go back to that screen. I gave you those answers a while ago. Everyone is ruled by one of these components. And number two, which life or lifestyle is the one that God rewards? Now that we have everybody on board, we can move on. All right, here we go. Number one, it is God's nature to reward His children. By the way, is it not the nature of every good father to want to reward his children? Absolutely. Well, God's a perfect father, so it would be in his nature to want to reward us. However, I'm, I discover as I go through life that many, many, many people, and sometimes it's because no one has ever even taught them about God. Sometimes it's because they grew up in a church that was sort of hell, fire, and brimstone, and you better come here or God's going to land on you like ugly on an ape, and you'll never recover. And I, you know, It just goes on and on. I don't know why, but somehow many of us grow up with this idea that God is stingy. And that if you're going to get anything from Him, you, my friend, are going to have to earn it. And you better not give it all away by doing something stupid. I loved what Kevin taught us this morning. That the sacrifice of Christ doesn't have anything to do with our story. We don't have to come and say, God, please forgive me because I've done this. Or because I've done that. No, God, I just bring you myself. And I know you don't want to hear my story. Because in the end, you're going to forgive me if I trust in Christ. And that's what's really important. It's God's nature to reward His children. That's why Jesus taught on this subject over and over and over and over again. And I just read you three of them. In fact, the author of Hebrews says here in Hebrews chapter 11, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Now, what do you mean without faith? Well, 
he goes on to explain the two basic components of a faith that it would take to please God. Number one, you have to believe that He exists. In other words, that He is. That He's not some impersonal force that sort of presides and resides out there in nature that somehow you have to get your life in alignment with. No, that He, God, actually exists as the ruler and the creator of everything. That there is a God, a personal God, is the God you read about in the Bible. But secondly, you have to believe this about Him, and that is that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Friend, I want to point you back to the chart. Because if you do not believe that God rewards His children and loves to reward His children. In fact, I wrote in my notes, God is not only for me, He's extravagantly generous with me. He's not just for me, He's extravagantly generous with me. Friend, if you don't believe that, you'll never get on this side. I can tell you for sure you'll never get on this side because you'll have to be over here trying to make your own reward. And you'll think, golly, I just gotta, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep the act up. I've gotta work harder. I've gotta, I've gotta create situations where I get personally gratified because there's nobody over here making sure that I feel any sense of significance or purpose. But once you understand that God loves to reward his kids, then you can slip over on this side and say, what God brings in my life is infinitely better than what I could bring into my own anyway. Why wouldn't I live on that side? Principle number two is this. That God establishes an inseparable link between deeds done from pure motives and their corresponding rewards here on earth and also in eternity. I'm convinced that many Christians go through this life and rarely ever think of this concept. I'm convinced that many Christians go through this life and think more of life in terms of karma than in terms of God. In other words, if I do good today, hopefully good will come back to me somewhere because I think there's a God or somebody out there who will make sure that good comes back to me in some form or another. Friend, it's so much greater than that. Jesus taught very clearly that there is an inseparable link. How do I know it's inseparable? Because who puts the link together? God does. And when God puts a link together, nobody's going to take it apart. There's an inseparable link between every deed that I do and some form of reward that God is going to bring into my life, not only here in this life, but in the life to come. Years ago, I was on the staff of a church, and they had a retirement plan for their pastors. And you could take up to 2.5% of your income, and you could put it in this retirement fund, and the first thing that would happen was the church would match it, dollar for dollar. Well, it didn't take a rocket science to figure out that was a pretty good investment, right? Because you got 100% return on your money the day that you put it in, let alone it earned interest and it was taxed free kind of thing. But it was a matching funds. I I want you to get a hold of this, if you will. We read, what's God's return rate? We read it earlier today. What is it? 
A hundred times. Friends, if you could invest a hundred dollars with me and I would give you a hundred times that much back and God would guarantee it, is that a no-brainer? What do you think? That's a no-brainer that beats all no-brainers. That's the deal. An inseparable link between every deed that's done and a reward that God gives. So you're going, wait a minute, wait a minute. I put $5 in the collection plate last week and I did not get an anonymous $500 check from God this week. You know, if it happened like that, it would not require any faith. Would it? No. If I was having trouble making my mortgage, I would divide my mortgage by 100 I would come to church. I would write out God a check for that much so I could make my mortgage that week. You know what that would make God? Pretty much a celestial vending machine. You're not going to take the glory of God and reduce Him to a vending machine. You know what God says? If you trust me, if you believe in me, if you believe that I reward my children, then you'll start walking and living your life this way. And recognizing that I don't have a matching funds policy. I have a multiplying funds policy. In this life and also in the life to come. Principle number three. Every deed, no matter how small or great, gets rewarded. What was the small, small, small thing we read about out of the teachings of Jesus? Even if you give a what? Cup of cold water. Can I help you just soak in that for a minute? Not the cup of cold water, but the idea, the concept. When you walked onto the property this morning, some kind person walked up, wrote out your name, and gave you a name tag. Guess what? That got recorded in heaven to that person's credit. When you walked in, someone may have given you a program. That got recorded in heaven to their name. And a reward is attached to that. Someone came here early and set up the chairs. That got recorded in heaven and attached to their name. You know, for many of us in this audience... Eternity is going to be an absolutely exciting experience because everything we've done from pure motives, right? Because we already read, if I invite my neighbor so my neighbor will invite me, is there any eternal reward attached to that? None whatsoever. Is there any reward in this life attached to that? Only my hopes that he'll invite me back. That's my only reward. But from pure motives. I want, you to, I want you to say this statement out loud with me. I'll give it to you first. I want you to repeat it back to me. Okay? It gets recorded and it gets rewarded. Ready? It gets recorded and it gets rewarded. I want you to hear that all week in your head. Everything you do. If you went to Mexico and you pounded nails in that house for that homeless family in Mexico, that, that got recorded and it gets what? gets rewarded. If you come here and you help set up for the mayor's prayer breakfast, it gets recorded and it gets rewarded. 
If you, if you come and you work in ministry, any ministry, the people who are working right now with our children, it's getting recorded and, and there's a reward that comes to them in this life and also in eternity over and over and over and over again. And you know something? God never forgets. There are going to be things that you and I did that have long escaped our memory. And God will sit down with us in heaven someday and go, Hey, remember when? And you're going, Huh? Oh, yeah. I forgot all about that. You know what God will say? I didn't. It got recorded, and so it gets rewarded. Friends, that's why you want to live on this side over here. That's deep. It's profound. It's about purpose. And it's about significance. Let me give you principle number four. Service always, always comes before reward. You know, this is an exercise in faith. If I walked up to you and you were standing in front of a Coke machine and you're sitting there and you're punching buttons and you're pounding on the machine and so forth and say, what happened? The machine broke? Well, I don't know. It won't give me any soda. Well, did you put any money in? No, I'll put it in after I get my Coke. Best of luck with that philosophy, right? You're going to be thirsty a long time. It's just never going to happen. Why? It's, it's a faith thing. And God wants you to know, I, I'm a pastor. I hear people say, you know, pastor... If God will bless me, I'll go to Mexico. If God will bless me, I'll tithe. If God will bless me, I'll get involved in a life group. If God will bless me, I'll go work in the children's ministry. If God will, you know what they're saying? Who are they wanting to act first? They want God to act first. And God's going, no, friend, every day of your life, You walk up to vending machines or many days and you trust the vending machine more than you trust God because you'll put your money in the vending machine first and expect it to give you something. God says if you trust the vending machine, golly, can you not trust me? I came across a story that illustrates it so well. Let me read it to you. Pastor Bruce was at a family conference in Kentucky. By the way, it's a real story. There is a real Pastor Bruce, and there's a real will. So here we go. Pastor Bruce was at a family conference in Kentucky taking a coffee break when a young boy about nine years of age approached. Sir, he said with a confidence belying his young age, would you please donate to my mission project? Well, what would you use the money for, lad? Proudly, Will held out a radio with a solar panel on top. It's for people who live in the jungles. They can listen to this radio and they can hear and learn things about Jesus. Pastor Bruce decided on the spot to make young Will an offer. I tell you what, Will, I'll give to your project, but I have a rule that says you have to give money first. So he took one of Will's donation cards and he wrote out this message. Will, If you give $1 to $5, I will double what you give. If you give $6 to $10, I will triple what you give. And if you give $11 to $20, 
I'll give four times what you give. By the way, smart pastor, don't you think? That's pretty cool. He's teaching him a lesson. He signed his name and handed the card to Will. And as Will read the card, his eyes grew wide with excitement. But suddenly, his face fell. He stared at the floor. Don't you like my idea? Pastor Bruce asked. Yeah, I said, shuffling his feet. Well, what are you going to do? Nothing. Nothing? I can't. I already gave everything I have. You mean you put all your money into your own mission project? Pastor Bruce asked, somewhat surprised. Boy nodded. After a moment's pause, Pastor Bruce responded, Well, I have another rule, Will. If you put in everything you have, I'll put in everything I have. So he opened his briefcase, knowing he had just stopped by the bank to withdraw a considerable amount of cash for his trip. He took the entire bank envelope, stuffed with bills, and handed it over to Will. Why is it easy for us to understand that a pastor would do that, but sometimes hard to understand that God would? You understand? God already gave it all, didn't he? And he's still giving. I want to give us all a very practical way to apply this this morning. Okay? Take a look at the next section. We'll move through it relatively quickly. There are five days in your work week, and I just went through the Bible, and I picked out five major things that God, Jesus specifically says that God rewards. And so I want to challenge you on Monday to set aside some time to seek God through fasting and prayer. That's tomorrow for those of you who haven't figured that out. All right. So take your lunch hour, take your evening hour, Take your breakfast hour when you would normally eat, and instead of eating, go seek after God and say, God, make yourself more real to me. I want to draw near to you so that you will draw near to me and seek God through fasting and prayer because here's what Jesus said. When you, when you pray, go into your own room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will what? Reward you. Tuesday. Serving God through our employment. Most of us have jobs. When we go to work, you know, Tuesday's only the day after Monday, correct? It's just all work. Well, notice what the Bible says. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working how? For the Lord rather than for people. Remember, the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves. You know what that means? employee or free. You know what that means? Employer. So that means Tuesday when you get up, before you go to work, it's important for you to bow your head and say, okay, God, today I don't work for my boss. I work for you. Everything I do in this day at my job, I'm going to do it as if you were my boss. You are my boss. And, and receive a reward from God for that. Wednesday. Blessing those who are in need. 
The king will say to those on his right, Come, you blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. The reward, the kingdom God has prepared for us. Who are all those people? Those are all people in need. So Wednesday, find something you can do that will bless someone in need. I have an idea. Stop by the bank and get a fresh set of $5 bills. And every time you drive by someone who has a cardboard sign, stop and give them a $5 bill. Don't ask for their story to decide if they're worthy of it or not. Just do it to bless. Because probably, like you and like me, a lot of the blessings we get, we don't deserve. Isn't that true? Yeah. Maybe you can't afford $5 for each one. Stop and get fresh $1 bills. And just give it away as a blessing. Thursday. Giving to advance God's kingdom. Jesus said, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together, and to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Two different people this week were a wonderful blessing to this church. One had a client who said, you know, you have done such a great job of serving me and and serving my business. What's your favorite charity? I want to write out a check for several hundred dollars to that charity. This particular person said, my favorite charity is the kingdom of Jesus. Well, they said, it's New Life Christian Fellowship, (laughs) which is God's kingdom. Another family. Ah, oh, we didn't have to pay as much tax this year as we thought we were going to. So guess what? I want to pass that on to God. Yeah. You know, what did we learn earlier? It is recorded and it gets... Yeah, isn't that, that's fun stuff. Last of all on Friday. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels. Then He will reward each person according to what He has done. You and I very seldom get to actually suffer for Christ, but we can sacrifice. I have a challenge for you. Take one meal this week, and whatever you would have spent on groceries in that meal, take that money and find a way to invest it in a a way that would bless Christ, whatever that is. Just practical ways. Now, You know, you can live on this side for one week, right? That's a Monday through Friday thing. But it's my hope that that becomes your perspective in your lifestyle. So you can live a lifestyle, a life that God rewards. As we close, I want to teach you two principles. The first is, our beliefs determine where we will spend eternity. And the second is, our behavior determines how we will spend eternity. I've spent the entire morning talking to you about principle number two, about living on this side and how it changes what's going to happen in your life in eternity and even in this life. But I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that, you know, if you don't get on board with deciding to follow Christ, then... There won't be any rewards in eternity no matter what you do in this life. 
because you have to get to eternity first in order to get those rewards. And you don't get to eternity by giving to the poor, as good as that is. And you don't get to eternity by, by, by fasting and prayer, as good as that is. And you don't get to eternity by giving to the church, as good as that is. You get to eternity only one way. You get to eternity through Jesus Christ and coming to Him for salvation. So I want to give you that opportunity. And, and uh, would you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus. This morning you have just laid out for us the most wonderful principles that can be so life-changing. God, first of all, would you help us to get on the right side of the ledger that we could begin to understand that you love us and you're generous with us and that everything we do in this life gets recorded and it gets rewarded here and it gets rewarded in eternity all the way down to even the smallest thing, giving a cup of cold water. God, would you help us to live our days understanding that? And then, Lord, would you help us to understand that we could spend all of our life doing good, but getting to heaven is not about doing good. Rewards are, but getting to heaven is about trusting in Christ. So, Lord Jesus, would you give us grace now? Every one of us in the audience who has not yet trusted you for salvation, those of us who are finding our way to you, we've been coming to church and we know that, that we're going to become Christians because we can sense that you're calling us to you. Lord, would you help us in this moment of time to say, this is the moment I give my life to Christ. This is the moment. If you're making that decision, I'm going to pray a prayer. I would invite you to pray that prayer with me. Lord Jesus, Understand now that getting to eternity is priority number one. And I understand that you are the one who gave his life for me. And so this morning, I choose to become your follower. I choose to trust you with my life. I choose to acknowledge my sin before you and ask for your forgiveness and I trust that you will wash me clean because of your sacrifice on Calvary. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.